You say teenager, I say toddler. Two longtime friends in different seasons of parenting process the past while dealing with the craziness of today. Enjoy! Welcome back, everyone, to You Say Teenager, I Say Toddler. You say teenager, I say toddler, teenager, toddler, teenager, toddler. Now, I was picturing thousands of people in an audience doing this with me. I heard it. Did you hear it? Yes. Great. We're on the Um, same page. (laughs) I did have another listener reach out to me recently, and she told me that she really enjoys your chant. Oh, you didn't tell me this. You want to save it for the air? Awesome. What? No, I wasn't purposely saving it for the air, but um, I just kind of forgot. (laughs) I need to forward you her email. It was really sweet. Okay. So, um, yeah, we're back. It is the middle of November. We're a little over one week away from Thanksgiving. And um, yeah, well, so speaking of Thanksgiving, Uh go ahead, go ahead. What's going on with you? Oh, I I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) You know, in times of Rona, we are of the rule followers, you know, because we don't want to be super spreaders. Um, It's tough. Babs is uh, going to see her mom and um, I'm excited for her. She's excited. Um, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday though. And people I would normally be spending it with, like I can't see them. I can't go over to their place. And we'll see. There's a family in our pod. I know they have a lot going on. I don't know what's going on. So you know what it is? Instead of like, oh my God, I have to like be, I'm going to enjoy being. I'm going to get a lot of stuff done next week while she's away in life and business and my home and just reconnect with myself and what happens happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. if I decide to like take off to Colorado, I will. That's not going to happen, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, well, I'm as, sad that you can't be in Texas with us for Thanksgiving. I know, but I'd have to stay on your porch anyway. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's not looking good. Rona numbers are not looking good right now for anybody anywhere. So we're not, we're not yeah. seeing any family for, for Thanksgiving either. Is it just you and your immediate, the three of you, like together? It's just a family of three this oh, Thanksgiving. I love it. Are you cooking? I don't know. I have brought this up to my husband. I can't even tell you how many times now. What are we doing? Let's make a plan. Let's have a plan so that I'm not like depressed the day of. <laughs> And, um, he just kind of won't, I can't pin him down. I don't know what his deal is. And I think he was kind of like, well, we can just go to a restaurant. And I'm like, do you remember how hard it was to find somewhere to eat? If we're going to do it at times of Rona, is it even exactly, gonna be open? exactly that? Well, so that's my other thing too. So like, there's a lot of restaurants where you can make a reservation and have a nice meal on Thanksgiving, you know, or they have like a Thanksgiving buffet or whatever. There are a few places that, you know, every year people go there. I don't know if they're doing that this year. And even if they are, I'm like, well, the numbers are looking really bad. We might be headed towards a shutdown too. There's some other states or cities that have had to do some shutdowns. So what if we make this reservation? We don't plan any food of our own, like to cook or whatever. And then the day of like, we, we don't even get to. You're making mac and cheese. Yeah, I guess the day. Well, hubby can't eat mac and cheese. That's my point of trying to plan ahead. Cause we need to plan ahead to what he's, what he can 
eat. So anyhow, I don't know what the F is going on with our family of three Thanksgiving. And uh, it's a weird time. It's a weird time. It makes me sad to think about because there's so many traditions that we have this year that are not happening, not just with Thanksgiving, but a lot of all the holidays. Yeah. If I think about it, it actually makes me really sad when I think about it. Um, I guess I'm kind of playing avoidance. That's why. Yeah. I don't know. Thanksgiving is usually my favorite holiday, but it, you know, it's life on life's terms and things are always changing and evolving. So where is my hot boyfriend to be shacked up in a cabin with? I I don't know. I guess he's in my house. I don't know. (laughs) What? Well, my husband is now your boyfriend, apparently, according to our last- I don't know if our regular audience has heard this yet. Our Patreon audience has definitely heard it. Oh, gosh. No, yeah, they, have, they, have, they have. Yes. We've been te- we've been texting. Yeah, I know you've been texting with my husband. I've been, been we've been voicing. <laughs> I've been vo- <gasps> I kind of left him on red. I need to respond from like during the election, like hubby and oh, I. Hubby and I we have a, a lot. Hubby and I have a lot in common and um with election stuff, you know. And with a lot of things. Actually with everything. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that you mention it. Um <laughs> No, um, and he had responded to something, and I really, really, I realized, oh, I never got back to that. So, hubby, after this, I'm voice texting you. Be ready. Anyway, it is what it is, and um, there's a lot of love around me, regardless, and that's what it is. Oh, you don't know that musical. Oh, do you know 16? No. Musical 16? No. And that's what it is. All right. Babs was in that one. Yeah, I remember. I didn't realize it was a musical when you told me she was going to be in it. Only knew of mm-hmm. the movie. The movie. <sighs> so yes, that's okay. Thanksgiving. That's Thanksgiving. Anything else big that we need to know about? Well, oh, I, I mean, I don't know if our we did we didn't do this on a regular one. At po- I don't know. We you know I don't know if we did this on a regular podcast or not on the Patreon page. <clears throat> Patreon page. but yeah we have a new president and madam elect vice president so exciting that's some big stuff that and oh hello we reached over a thousand (gasps) we reached a thousand downloads last week or a few days ago you guys thank you here's to small beginnings we're growing here's to small beginnings you guys in five months a thousand different listens have happened on this and it's just like we're so excited we hope we made you laugh and cry and not hate life and um created value and i don't know there's good things are coming and we just want to do more of all the above so thank you oh my god now everyone go on our patreon leanne um remind everyone the link because we before we jumped on here we were just kind of like, it was sort of like, I call it a brain dump, or I don't, but Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins, I want to get you on here. So we're going to get Mel Robbins. Oh my on God, I I'm going to try. <laughs> but um, yeah, you guys, Mel Robbins, five second rule. Check it out. You're welcome. Listen to the audible because she narrates it. Site, you know, Mel Robbins. There we go. But she calls it a brain dump. And it was this exercise that I used to do in the mornings because like you just write down everything on one paper that you need to do that's on your mind. So I feel like Leanne and I did a brain dump. <laughs> And I'm signaling to Kurt right now to stop moving. I can hear oh. like the fabric and stuff. Okay. Uh, no one. Yeah, you're the only one. No, I'm not. I'm really <laughs> not. I promise you, I'm not. Okay. Okay. So, Are you talking to someone? <laughs> you dipshit. Who okay. Else so am anyway. I talking to? Okay. Oh, I thought you were like whispering to voices, like people that were with you. No, I was like, I'm really not. Oh, gotcha. Okay. 
So yeah, anyway, guys, well, I'm, I'm, we're digressing like, way too much here. But um, Leanne and I sort of did like a little like a little dump on um, what's, what's on our minds, and it's on the Patreon page. So here's the thing, that, the way the Patreon works. Um, apparently, our children <laughs> like to eat every day. I mean, that go figure. Like, I thought maybe I could get away with feeding Babs a couple times a week. But anyway, art take and it takes money to create a podcast. I mean, who the hell knew that? But um, anyway, a Patreon page is a way that artists you can follow and support artists and help them support us and our creativity, and you get um, access to private information. <laughs> Sounds bad. <laughs> you, you get, get access, access to our to social private security number. <laughs> 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 you get uh, you get access to private content that's not public and there's like the brain dump that was on there there's stuff that was on our minds that, that one sounds like is enticing uh i will say <laughs> something a little bit more enticing we had like three follow-ups after our last um check-in mm. uh that were all about the election um Ooh. i was drunk in one of them kurt was drunk in another um <laughs> Yeah, there's some drunken pissed uh, in one of them. Kurt was Kurt went off. So um those are the kind of things that we we reserve for the Patreon. So you can go yes. to that at www.patreon.com forward slash teenager toddler. You can sign up to be a Patreon for as little as five dollars a month to get access to all that bonus content. That is tier one. And then if you want to be a tier two um uh, hey. patron. Then uh, it's ten dollars a month, and you get a shout out on the Patreon. And then if you want to be a tier three uh, hey. patron, then uh, it's twenty dollars a month, and you get a Zoom call with Kurt and I. And we enjoy our Zoom calls. With our- oh my god, yes! We're gonna we're gonna have to um, post that one, the picture from our. Oh my god! All of the ones that we do, <laughs> uh, there, there's a possibility that. <laughs> All the ones we do are so much fun. Um, there's a possibility we may end up, you know, we record them in case there's some material that we need to share with you guys. Yeah. Um, there was a juicy one a month ago of all the ones that we've done. So I think I'm going to like post a little picture. But um, no, anyway, um, probably one of the most enticing things on there, Leanne, I don't know if you'd say Leanne interviewed Babs. Babs claps back. Mm-hmm. So you get to hear Babs' side of the story. Uh, Babs reaction to episode one and where it all started and kind of like her side of the story which uh, you know you definitely want to get on there it's um <laughs> she's agreed to a second interview as well so we're gonna get that oh soon. yeah okay um okay yeah so, so we need to get off that topic um so i did i will just complain for a minute oh we continue to find stuff wrong with this house oh. and the money just keeps going down the drain thank you universe for taking my money on things I never intended to spend it on. So I was kind of pissy when we got on because I just found out that we're probably going to need to get a new refrigerator because this um, POS refrigerator that the previous owners left us with um, has not been working properly since we got here. And that's on top of the other things that we have uh, racked up. Um, So yeah, I was kind of pissy. So Kurt's working on bringing my vibrations up. And today, what we wanted to do was kind of continue telling you guys about our LA slash spirituality journey, because we actually had a listener question. I've had a couple of listeners ask me this, like how we both ended up in LA, because it it is a little bit random, I guess, to think about, because we were both, we were doing our own thing in Texas and then both ended up in LA together. Yes. Like, did y'all go there for each other or what have you? And I was like, "Uh, no, slow your roll there. 
So um, we'll talk about that. We'll tie it in with our spirituality, kind of pick up where we left off with that, especially since we just posted the interview with um, Parodies and using, uh, you know, psychic medium healing and sound baths and that sort of thing for parenting. And if you haven't listened yet, there's a real big surprise in there. So I love that interview. Yes. There's a real big surprise. In the ep- episode two with Parodies. Okay. She offered Leanne a gift and Leanne took the gift. It was cool. <laughs> okay. Well, I did kind of put that in the show notes. So I don't know if that's so much a surprise, <laughs> okay. but okay. Um, so <laughs> now we're rambling. Okay. You know what? I'm going to start this off. I was uh, thinking back to where the last, um, when we were talking on the spirituality episode, where it ended off and call it by its name. It deserves to be called by its name. What? That episode. What? What, what, what did you call that? What did we call that episode? Say it out loud. Well, I think you're confusing it with a different episode. Oh, I'm referring to when the church whore Meets met the, the gay, gay boy. Well, so we're kind of combining, like we're we're picking up where we left off on that one and the spirituality and parenting episode. Because okay. we told everybody about like how how we grew up in terms of spirituality, um, like when you were really young and you were an altar boy and that kind of stuff. And then like we kind of had left off at the point where we were both breaking away from Christianity. So like the, by the time I finished college, I was kind of done with Christianity. And shortly after you moved to LA, you were moving into a space of being done with Christianity as well. Done. Fork in it. Done. <laughs> Dead. Okay. So here's the thing <laughs> that I want to clarify. And Kurt's going to try and tell you something different, but this is this is the truth. <laughs> I decided to go to Cal State LA on a national exchange program my junior year in college. So I moved out to LA for my junior year of college and I was living in Alhambra going to CSU LA during that year. Yes. And during that year, Kurt did come and visit me with a friend of his, his gay friend that made an appearance in another episode um, that they grew up together. And apparently neither of them knew that they were gay. So um, (laughs) the rest of the world knew it, but they didn't. Um, (laughs) So they came and visited me during that year. Well, I go home to finish my senior year of college shortly before I left for home. I'm talking like a month, maybe two before I left LA to return to San Marcos, Texas and finish my undergraduate degree. I met my ex-fiance, Salvadoran. We'll call him the Salvadoran. And we got entangled very quickly, not by my choice, but I was stupid (laughs) and young. So I wasn't very good at stopping these kinds of things. So just a matter of months after we had met and I was living in San Marcos, I kept flying back out to LA to visit him and uh, he proposed and I stupidly said yes. (laughs) So now I was engaged to be married, finishing out my senior year in Texas. And that meant that the plan was as soon as I was done, I was going to move to LA to be with him. And because I think I always knew I wanted to move to LA anyways, because of all the acting stuff and just wanted to explore the world. So as soon as I was done with college, I mean, literally got in the car and drove out to LA the day after graduation. And Kurt would have you believe that simply because six months prior to that, he had moved to LA, that that means that I was following (laughs) him to LA and I am here to set the record straight. I was not following Kurt 
to LA, but it was a bonus that he lived there. Okay. <laughs> I just really, yeah, no, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, no, this is all part of a bigger, there are no, just imagine how this worked out. I mean, there are no, everything was, you know, you were meant to be with the Salvadoran as a way to like transplant yourself out here. Expedite you know? the process. I don't know. Sometimes I look back on it and I really wish I hadn't met him and that I had stayed in Texas <laughs> for a little bit and that I had just kind of like, what's the word? Stop moving. I wish that I had just kind of like got my sea legs under me or whatever they call it and spent some time getting ready to move to LA. And There's maybe no, I would have gone there and stayed there. You can't well, prepare for this. I, you, there are definitely better times to go than others. And... Mm. I just, I just kind of wish that I had maybe taken a different path sometimes. And I realize regret is stupid. There's no point, but uh, you know, some people are like live life without regrets. And I'm like, who the hell is capable of that? Does anybody really have like no regrets? Like really? I have lots of things I would do differently. I have lots of things I would do very differently if I could. Yeah, no, I agree. But I, as I was telling my story, um, (laughs) (laughs) oh, well, excuse me, continue. No, I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, I, I, I brought up the Salvadoran. But yeah, so I moved here. Let's see, 9-11 was what? 2001? 2001, right? Yeah. Yeah. 2001. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Um, 2001. So I moved here. You went here like f- after Christmas break? You know what? It was the year before. Actually, yeah. I moved here February of 2001. 9-11 happened in September. Okay. Um, you were here. Oh, yeah, obviously you were here, but I moved here in February. You moved here in the spring. So no, listen, because here's what happened. I obviously wanted to be an actor and uh, my sophomore year in college, I hooked up with a local agent. Um, like hooked up, hooked this- up? <laughs> hey, I'm glad that um, you put it out like that. I Were you sleeping your way to the top? Sleeping your way into Hollywood? With women. In College Station, Texas, because that gets you so far. <laughs> no, but in College Station, where I was going to school, um, I met this local agent, and um, she started doing. I started doing some stuff with her. There was a scouting event out in LA, and it was like a, a, like a six month process, and we had classes, photo shoots from a, from a photographer that came out from LA, and it's this event called IMTA, International Modeling and Talent Association. It was in downtown LA, so my parents agreed I was going to do it. So I did it and I came to a scouting event and I ended up um, signing with some agents and I went back to College Station. I spent, a, it, this, it was January and it happened to be a sunny, beautiful week in LA. I was in love. I went back home. I remember in my class, I remember it was raining and cold. It's horrible weather in Texas, raining and cold. I just did not feel right. I didn't want to be back. And I remember sitting in class and I just stood up and walked out oh. and I never went back because I was supposed to talk to my local agent uh, because there were several people that wanted to sign me. I turned in my books, got my tuition check. I got, you know, whatever check I could get back from my parents. I was the oldest of four children and they were a little worried, but they were always really supportive. And I did this. I moved out here. So I didn't know anyone. But the reason I'm bringing all this up, uh, you know, a year prior or whatever, when I came to visit Leanne, I I was able, I felt comfortable moving to LA because I'd scoped stuff out. I fell in love. I had a blast. Saw the city, did all the tourist stuff. I loved it. It just felt right. And at least I had bearings. When I moved here, I was like, oh yeah, I've been there. That's over there. Or here, this is, it was, it was amazing. So you really helped me transition because I didn't know anybody. Right. I knew my agent set me up with three... 
the way I'm sound saying this, my agent set me up with three other guys. <laughs> All this hooking up, setting up. No, my agent set me up with three other guys, uh, roommates. And living with three strangers, I did not know. I remember our first apartment. Well, we lived together for a month in a studio, but our first real apartment. Did you ever come to that one? I did. It was in the Hollywood Hills. It was a cute apartment. Yes. Yeah, it had this picture window that overlooked. We had like the I Love Lucy view from the opposite way. Capitol Records was in front of us. Um, Pantages, where that's where the Broadway shows are in LA when we actually have live theater again. But The Lion King was playing at the time. You could see The Lion King, Capitol Records. It was like a dream view. And you guys, for what we were paying back in the day, we were paying for that view. We had no idea, though. It was a little matchbox apartment. Anyway, I digress. Where was I going with this? But, but I do want to say, I've, and now I know where I was going. I remember my bedroom window, it had that same view. It was on the same side. And I can remember looking out at night and like, oh my God, I'm here. I did this. But I was also so sad because I wanted to explore. I didn't have friends to do anything with. Like I... You know, I, I didn't know how to get around. I, it was just, it was a really sad feeling. I still remember. Well, I started kind of getting my ground, you know, my, my sea legs and everything. But then it's like, Leanne tells me that she is going to move here. I know you don't remember this. And maybe I have to look back because my first email was a hotmail. Um, hotmail. <laughs> um, but I remember you sending me an email and it was just kind of like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you and that you did this and I'm so scared and I'd probably be like on the street begging for a hamburger or something. I know you don't remember this email. I'm going to see if I can try to locate it if that account even exists. <laughs> but it, I, I remember getting this email from you and then, I don't know, I just got a call one day and you're like, I'm moving. And I was like, oh my God. And see, I didn't know LA that well at the time. And you were like, kind of like, in a, you were in um, Glassell Park, yes. which is... We, we, there's certain terms we can't use anymore, you know, so I'm not going to say the term, but it wasn't the most desirable area. But um, I remember like, oh my God, here we are. We're going to take on the world. My best friend's here and her fiance. And um, yeah, it's not what this calls about, but like, you know, a lot of adventures and things we had together. But getting back to the spirituality end of it where we were going, correct? Mm -hmm. Well, we were kind of tying it all in together, explaining our journey so that we can eventually yeah. talk So people have a little more of an idea. But parents. here's the thing. We lived here. Leanne, how many years were you here with me? Four? So I had that one year in at CESULA, and then I believe I was there for five years before I headed back to Texas. Okay. And as you guys, you've heard the stories. There was a part of the time we were severed. We were separated a little bit because of stuff that was going on. I'm sure you've already listened to that episode. But if not, it's in How This Gay Man Became a Father. I was to talk to Kurt for a while. <laughs> yeah. How This Gay Man Became a Father. It's all in there. But besides that, it was just like, I, it's before I had met the mother of my child, Babs's mom, and Leanne was engaged, but she was still doing her own thing too. I mean, Trying you know, when she, when she wasn't with her fiance. Well, he would come out too. And Psycho Host yeah. Beast was around this time too. Psycho Host Beast. We have to do a show about her. Okay. Side note. If we don't do this show, I want you guys to email us and remind us. Okay. I had a, a legitimate stalker. I had a restraining <laughs> order for 10 years against this person. 10 years. The judge granted. So you know it's serious. I mean, I had one against her. Yeah. So she couldn't come near me. So that's a whole nother life adventure in itself before I met Babs' mom. Yeah, it was great. I'm just meant to be here. After some shit like that happened, someone's like, see you later. Adios. But I was like, no, I will rise. 
I'm like a phoenix that will rise through the ashes and to ascend the top of Hollywood. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when it falls on deaf ears, my friend. Anyway. Um, You're used to I, it with me. I'm all over the place today, but yo, yeah. So anyway, that's, we had our humble beginnings. Those were so much, I don't know. Those were like times of innocence. I don't know. We didn't have children. And <laughs> I mean, no one owned a All home. we did was drink and party, but those were times <laughs> of innocence. I don't understand. <laughs> and take dance classes together. We did? Oh, that's right. That's right. We did. You were terrible. We took a modern. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> Leanne had this great idea that like, yeah, why don't you finish your degree while you're here? I'm like, yeah, cool. Why not? You know, it wasn't my idea. And, um, my idea was to take classes at the local community colleges because they were like 11 bucks an hour. So you could take a dance class that met like two to three times a week for $11 and like maybe yes. another $25 in fees. I was like, do you have any idea what a stellar steal that is? So I took fucking everything at the community colleges. Mm-hmm. I took singing. I took dance. I took Spanish. I took French. I took history of documentary film. I took tennis. I took golf. I took all these ridiculous classes because it was so fucking cheap. I was like, if I'd known it was so cheap to go to school out there at that time, mm-hmm. I loved it. So no, yeah, no, I was kind of toying around like finishing a degree, but Leanne's like, yeah, you should take this dance class. And I'm like, okay. And you guys were in front of the mirror every day and like everyone's going to the right and I'm going to the left. <laughs> and we had this really cool, like spunky teacher. And at the end, she was always like really nice to me. I was actually in one of her performances. I was sort of like an edit and dance in it. But I was like a waiter as to, I was like serving the, you remember? Yes. She had a little I performance. Do. Yeah. Anyway, oh my God, was that my last performance on stage? I just smelled the stage for a second and I just felt the lights and I just got sad. It doesn't oh. mean I can't do it again. Doesn't mean I can't do it again. No, you, know? you will. In fact, you're way closer to doing it again than I am. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm having to create my, well, I'm creating my own stuff. You know, I'm, that's why, but. No, I just mean that your kid is about to leave and you're a lot mm. closer to having the freedom to just be like, I can oh my be God, in a show be, that meets every you're, night. Yeah. You're going to be old when your kid leaves. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just wait. I love you. Just wait. No, I love you. No, no. I'm totally kidding. Don't, don't, don't hate me. Mm-hmm. Love you. Don't hit me. You will get um, Leanne has never hit me, I promise. <laughs> I haven't. I find that hard to believe. So I feel like, anyway, um, take over here because I, I can go down a wild goose chase. Okay, I don't so like- let's see here. You had moved in with those dudes, but remember you told us that you had gone and found a church. You'd found a Catholic church and you were still going to mass. That's right. Yes. How long did you do that for? How long were you, did you continue to go to mass before you were like, fuck this, it's Saturday night, I'm going to go out and drink? Was it like when I moved to town that you were like, oh, I've got better things <laughs> to do? No, 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 no. Because when I met, when I met um, Babs's mom, we actually went to church one time. Oh. And actually we went so a few times. We had, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a big <laughs> argument uh, because she wanted to bring a latte to church and into church. And, you know, I grew up this like strict Catholic, like it's like um, a museum and a church. Like, oh, you don't bring drinks into church. She wanted to bring her latte in. And I'm like, you can't do that. <laughs> of course she did it anyway. But we would go to this, oh, it was, the, it was in North Hollywood, NoHo. It was the Catholic church on Lancashire. And there was Ernie's Taco House. It was across the street. So like for a while, we had this like, ah, we would go to church and then go to Ernie's Taco House. Wow. How long did the you memories. do that for? Like a year? Two years? No, I didn't know her a year. 
No, I mean, like, how long? I mean, because you went to the Catholic Church before she. Oh, oh, like two years. Oh, no, two years. So, yeah. You were still going to Catholic Church for like two years after moving to LA? Yes, I was. I'm pretty pretty much. I was not going to church at all. So, you were still, so you were (laughs) still a Christian. And I am pretty sure, like I said in the last, uh, where we left off, like, I think I had pretty much said I'm done with Christianity by the time I had graduated from college and that I wanted to practice like paganism. I remember being in that apartment that the Salvadoran and I got together in Glassell Park. And I told him about this little program that I had read about or heard about. I don't know how I heard about it, but it was like basically like classes. And I think they were like correspondence classes where you could learn all about uh, paganism essentially about witchcraft and that sort of thing. And I asked him, can I do this? Like, and I remember like in it and said, you know, you really need to commit. This is not just, you know, you're not doing this just because you just finished watching the movie, the craft, like we're serious about our spirituality <laughs> kind of thing. And I was like, this sounds really cool. And you know me, I'm a massive nerd. I love to learn. I love taking classes. I love anything. I love my learning for me needs to be kind of guided a lot of times. I'm now that I'm older, I'm better about guiding my own learning, but I love taking classes and spending that money for a teacher or somebody with more knowledge than me to kind of guide my learning. So I I wanted that. And he like threw a fit, not because of what I wanted to learn about, but because I had told him that, that they warned us that it would be, you know, kind of time consuming or not necessarily time consuming, but that you were going to have to commit some time. And that meant time away from him. And he threw a fit about it and he didn't want me to do it. He was really possessive and just kind of a jerk about, about my time, which is obviously why we, part of the reason why we didn't last. But I remember like that just kind of like knocked some of the wind out of my sails. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to be able to study this the way that I wanted to. Uh And then I think my spiritual walk just kind of went stagnant and he wasn't anything I don't, you said that you remembered like, you remembered like Catholic trinkets and stuff in his house Uh um, where he lived with his parents before we lived together. And I don't really remember that. I don't remember him ever talking about church or wanting to go to church. I, I don't think he was spiritual at all. I don't think he knows what he was, if he was anything. So yeah, everything just kind of went stagnant. I knew I didn't want to be a Christian, but I can't really remember what I was doing to like move the needle forward and figure out what I was, I guess. Yeah. At any rate. Um, Because I'm trying to think, yeah, you never went to, you definitely never went to like mass with me. No. But I remember the first thing I needed to do was, I have to find a church, you know, because it's a mortal sin not to go to mass and you have to go to mass. So, but also it was something that was familiar like I lived in this, this, it was the second largest city in the U.S. And I'm by myself and I'm 20 and I'm like, it was really scary, you know? Yeah. you need, Yeah. I needed something. And I remember liking this church because it was so liberal. And oh. I remember like, it was so different. First of all, it was like an older ornate church. It was huge. It's Blessed Sacrament on Sunset Boulevard. It was huge. And I remember the priest was really funny and they were very liberal. And this one priest was like talking about like, oh, I told this woman she should say, thank God my son's gay and embrace him. And I'm like, what's going on? This is like cool. And, um, you know, I would still like go to confession, go to mass, do all that stuff. And my roommates were kind of like, where are you going? And it's like, oh, I'm going to church. Okay. Speaking of though, we ended up getting a third roommate who ended up being a very weird guy and like super like culty religious. Do you remember? Not really, no. I the only okay, one we're not gonna... that I remember I think was the one that you like 
moved into the next place with, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, she wasn't an original roommate. I'm talking about the, the gentleman that my... Um, no, not I her. what it was. Not her. But I guess, okay. What, so we're going to have to come up with a euphemism. The guitar player. The guitar, guitar player. Can you just tell me who you're talking he was never a roommate of mine. Well, did he stay with y'all temporarily or something? Because I remember him being in that apartment. How did y'all know each other? Maybe he was just there partying with us one night or something. Oh, no, no, no. My We had the same agent in Texas. Okay. That's okay. how. And I, maybe he stayed with me once or one or two nights. I don't remember. But like, yeah, I kind of like showed him the ropes. The agent that brought me out here, I was like her first. And then she just totally abandoned me. That's all the story <laughs> in itself. Really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I love her, but um, yeah, she just totally abandoned me. I was the first. I was the first. (laughs) She just lost interest. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. That's a whole other. Well, so you know, I love her. I I still love her. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. The way that (laughs) No, I have a special connection with her, but because I mean, I'm grateful for her because she helped me fulfill this spiritual journey, this life journey of getting to LA. Like she took me on and everything, uh, but she grew bigger and like a lot of her kids ended up being on shows, a lot of famous like people. And I guess I just, well, plus when Babs was born, like I totally dropped out of everything. Right. I mean, she wasn't my agent out here, but like she could have kept in better touch. Right. You know? Oh, so oh I, but okay. Yeah. She wasn't my agent out here, but like, so the guitar player along with the guitar player's friend, do you remember her? Yes. They were all from the We were from the same mother basically in texas the same mother mother agency mother agency in texas okay yes so my agent in la actually he was a personal manager and he ended up getting us like agents and stuff but he was also you know a manager he set me up with roommates so we ended up getting this new roommate because one of the guys that was living with us met this woman in her 40s and he was like (laughs) 19 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's up shacking up with this woman in her 40s. Yes. Okay. So he um, had a little, what do they call it? Sugar mama. Basically. And um, so we needed a new roommate. So we got one. And, um, oh, because our, our manager out here signed this guy. He was really quiet. Well, then the weirdness comes out. Like, you could kind of start to see he was, like, super religious. But it got to be where he was, like, kind of really withdrawn. He would go work out. He worked at Target and then he would like take this little kneeling pad and he'd go with his Bible and go on the roof for like, and then he started watching these like kooky religious shows all day. Remember those like religious like TV programs with like the lady that has big hair, like this big blonde wig. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. TBN. 700 Club or something. Yeah, stuff like that. Like TBN. He would just like watch that stuff all day. He'd have that on. And then he got to be like really withdrawn and kind of judgy. And we had like a Christian duel one day because back when I was a Christian, my favorite Bible verse was Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Mm -hmm. I used to love that. And I had this like little plaque that someone gave me like hanging up on my wall. And like, because, you know, I would party and drink and stuff. And I, to him, wasn't a real Christian. So we had it out. All the guys, basically like the other guys in the apartment were like, you know, eating popcorn, watching these like two Christian boys go at it. He probably was gay too, I'm thinking, now that I look back at it. Oh, wow. um, I don't know. You're not a real Christian. You're a figment of our imagination. But I just had it out because I called him out on his judge. I said, you know, Jesus says you can't judge. And 
he's like, why do you have that plaque in there? That You don't mean that. I don't know what it was, but I was just so sick of it. It was uncomfortable having the room with this like guy. And um, so, yeah, th- we ha- so we have one roommate who's watching religious shows, like a zombie all day, praying all the time. And he would eat the same food. He had three meals that he would eat. And that was only, he would eat the same stuff. Morning, like, new- it was just weird. So like all this is going on in my apartment, but I just, I would kind of escape and go see you and do stuff. Getting back to the elephant in the room, I, I mentioned this before, like I was scared to have sex because the Catholics say that sex before marriage is a mortal sin, which is unforgivable. Besides, you got to tell a, a person, another human being that you sinned and they magically get rid of the sin, you know? <laughs> yes. With the I blood know. of the lamb or whatever. <laughs> So, um, you know, I really believe I'm not going to have sex. But then at this point, it's like the attraction started coming out more to men. And it was like, I want to have sex with a woman, but I think he's cute and I don't know. So imagine as I'm progressing 2021, I was a virgin. I was having mixed feelings. Finally, I was just kind of like, I just want to have sex. I don't care if I go to hell. Jesus, take take the wheel. (laughs) Okay. Um, So... At this point, I was just kind of like, you know, okay, yeah, I'm Catholic, but I'm kind of, kind of like, you know, I'm not sure. Um, how, long, how long did you live in that apartment in the Hollywood Hills with all the weird roommates that you did? We had a year. We had a year lease. Okay, so you stayed for the entire year, so from February to the next February, were mm-hmm. you still living in that apartment when you first met Babs's mom? No, you weren't. You had already mm-hmm. moved, right? But you had just moved. Um, not just. I was there maybe. That's when Psycho Hose Beast tore stuff up. Oh, that's, that's right. When, that's so that that's when the craziness, happened. that's when the saga happened, which may be on the Patreon page. I'm thinking we may do a Patreon episode with that. Who knows? It's some really crazy stuff. Also, the Salvadoran was involved. Actually, he helped me. I, I will he say the Salvador- He picked you up from jail. <laughs> Are we like getting away the secret here? <laughs> no, we're just getting started. They don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> Yeah, we're definitely yes. doing an episode, whether it goes on the Patreon or the public page. We're not sure yet. You might have to pay me. to play on this one. Huh? Remember, yeah, I think you got to pay to play on this story. I don't talk for free. <laughs> but um, but no, he um, after he picked me up, remember he took me to, you were like, why did he take you to his parents? He took me to his parents. And it was just kind of like weird. And then, you know, and then they were kind of like questioning me. And I'm like, <laughs> like, you don't know what's going on. But I remember he fed me and I hadn't eaten in days and I had to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Anyway, I Patreon, Patreon. We're saving it for the Patreon. Patreon. And I am totally innocent and everything. It was just a bad situation. But it's an adventure, something I can talk about later on. Oh, I don't think Um, I'm innocent, but okay. (laughs) Y'all should see. (laughs) In that situation, yeah. No. Okay. That's for another time. You see your face. He looked, he looked at me the way my husband looks at me when he's like, "Are you kidding me?" Oh my god. Okay. So anyway, so much um, trouble right now. Okay. We're gonna bleep out what I said anyway because okay. we don't want to talk about that yet. But anyway, um, <laughs> Jesus, God, we're like jumping all over. But I know this is just fascinating to all of you guys. So finally, I just, you know, I met Babs' mom and it's like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to have sex. And then after that, I kind of got over, you know what happened? This was a big turn for me. 
when Babs was born, that's when I stopped believing in hell because I, if God, as they said, is our father, there is nothing. And after being a father, I knew there was nothing that my daughter could do where I would want to separate myself eternity from her. And I'm like, if we have this parent relationship with God, then hell is bullshit. There is no hell. And that's when the unraveling started. It was great. Kind of like, no, I would still pray. But here's the thing. Then I think your discovery, you're kind of coming back to Christianity. You were like, well, I believe in God. I took this from you. You're like a big sister when it comes to this. You know, I'm like, there's certain things looking back that I would just like, you set an example. I, I, I didn't have a big sister. And I remember I got this from you or stole it from you when you were like, I'm kind of like Jewish because I believe in God, but I don't believe that Jesus was the son of God. I don't believe that Jesus was divine, you know? So I remember kind of adopting that around the times that Babs's mother was pregnant and all that drama. I remember I had a God, but I wasn't a Christian. Right. You know, I wasn't like, geez, I don't believe that Jesus is divine. And then all those books came out, right? About the, um, about the Bible being edited. And you know what I mean? All that stuff. What are those books? Um, Tom Hanks was in them and they made movies. Oh, out of the them. Da Vinci Code. Yeah. All that came out and people started really exploring that. And I'm like, wait a minute. The Bible was like, you know, edited and like, it was a real estate thing. And like, I'm not believing this anymore. So that's when it all kind of started unraveling. And then I'm unraveling and getting rid of this. And whoop, here's Leanne back with Christianity. Well, not necessarily. Okay. I will go back. Not just really quick. Not so fast. Right. It didn't necessarily all happen like that. But like, so like I said, I guess I wasn't really doing anything in terms of my spiritual walk for a good long while. Then the fiance and I broke up and yeah, it was another few years of just not really knowing. I don't really remember being purposeful at all about trying to understand. I'm assuming that I still like prayed and talked to God. And like you said, I don't ever remember saying something like, it's like I'm Jewish, um, but I do. Maybe remember- that was me. Maybe I can't, maybe that was just my take on it, I think. Right. Uh, Yeah. I may have said it. I don't know. I mean, who knows? But like, I do, you know, I always, I never stopped believing in God. It was Christianity I was moving away from. So honestly, when I really started exploring my spirituality was many years later, not that long before I left LA. And that was because I went through the breakup or a breakup with the lawyer. And just in general, breakups have that way of like, for some of us anyways, it's very triggering. And it has this way of forcing you to grow and think through some things and start looking for comfort and solace. And what do I believe and who am I? And what's my identity apart from this person that just broke my heart kind of thing. And so when I really started exploring my spirituality and figuring some things out was probably just that last year before leaving LA. And at that point, I was staying in that apartment by myself, which was a bad idea because I remember I'd had to sue the boxer. Um, (laughs) Another story in itself, guys. Exactly. I had to sue the the boxer boxer. and move out of that other apartment because he abandoned abandoned me. We were roommates and he abandoned me. So I went and got a one bedroom. And then, you know, I ended up going through this breakup. It was all by myself in my apartment. I had quit my job to focus like on grad school and because I didn't want to be at that job anymore. And I had way too much time on my hands. It was really not a good situation. I went through a very, very bad depression um, and I was suicidal, all that stuff. And one of the things that like I was really trying to explore and unpack in addition to like 
therapy and psychoanalysis and stuff was just trying to understand my spiritual walk. And that's whenever things really, really took a turn for me in terms of how I approached life in general and my thoughts in general um, and how I approached my spirituality. That completely, that year completely changed my life and who I am now. And then after that, so during that period, I was, I was visiting everything. I was visiting every kind of temple, church, whatever the heck under the sun, trying to seek out answers as to what I believed, what rang, what was ringing true with me, what brought about some resonance for me. And it didn't bother me anymore. Like Christianity, I'd kind of found my peace with it. And I had, I had kind of finally understood like, the tenets of Christianity are beautiful. The story of Christ is beautiful. It's man that's messed it up. It's the church that's messed it up. And that's what you are turned off by. And so I was able to separate what man has done versus like, if you're just looking at it from the core values of Christianity. And so I don't think I necessarily became a Christian again, but I didn't mind visiting Christian churches and I didn't mind learning Christian stories or talking to Christians about their faith or what have you. It didn't, it it didn't like make me feel the ick like it had made me feel for so long. So, and of course there's that thing, like I remember that one quote, um, the single greatest cause of atheism is Christianity or Christians, I should say. Um, uh, so anyhow, that's kind of what, where I think I was. So I was moving into a different realm and then I moved to Texas and I wanted community. And if there's one thing church is good for, it is community. And so that's where I was kind of like still, like, I think I kind of thought of myself as a Christian, which like still kind of blending all of these things that I had learned about from Buddhism to Christianity, to witchcraft, to all of that, all of that was blended into my life. And then uh, over time, while I was in Austin, visiting more churches, having more Christian friends, I felt more and more comfortable moving back into a place where I could call myself a Christian and kind of recommit to Christianity um, because it felt it felt as though I had made that decision myself this time. It didn't feel forced on me as a child. It felt like it was an educated decision and a commitment that I was willing to make. And of course, my husband, we kind of sort of met through the church kind of. And like when we first got married, we were both very committed to each other as Christians. And we are so lucky, Kurt. We're so lucky that our spirituality is kind of growing in the same direction. Nice. I read... Because now, as we've talked about, like now I'm back in this place where I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about this again. Maybe it's just organized. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's just organized religion that I don't, I don't know. I'm back in this place of frustration about it and not feeling close, at least not to the Christian church. And we are so lucky because my, my husband went through this Genesis, right? This Renaissance whenever he got sick. And now he has grown completely spiritually and is not so like rigid with his Christian beliefs. And so we've kind of been able to go in that direction together. Thank goodness. Oh, that's awesome. You know, whenever I was, um, whenever I was wanting to find a husband and move into uh, like a family life, I read a shit ton of books. It was like a project. I mean, this is how I approach my life, right? Even even when it comes to meeting my husband and I'm like, I'm going to read all the books and they're going to help me find my husband. Yes, you are. And it's going to help me be a better wife and a better mom and all that good stuff. So one of the books that I read that I recommend to a lot of people who are looking to find their person 
is called um, Falling in Love for All the Right Reasons. And I believe it's, is it Neil Clark Warren or Clark, Neil Warren? I can't remember, Neil Clark. It's the dude that, that created eHarmony. Okay. And I have I talked about this on the podcast before? I feel like no. it wasn't that long ago that I've talked about this so. with someone. What they found in their research, because eHarmony is actually based on a lot of sound, years of sound research about what makes for a good relationship. And so they came up with 36 dimensions of compatibility. And he, in the book, says one of the things that makes him the most nervous whenever couples come in for counseling is when one person starts straying on their spiritual path and the other person is not going anywhere, like when they start diverging spiritually. And in uh, in their research, what they found is like, in terms of that compatibility for spirituality, it doesn't matter what you are, whether you're both atheists, both Buddhists, both whatever, what matters is that it matches. And he even says like in Christianity, you really should date within your own denomination because the whole, the whole premise of what they're saying is you want to be compatible in all these areas so as to lessen the amount of strife in your marriage, mm-hmm. lessen the amount of conflicts. Because that's what, you know, where people kind of, I guess, uh, just, just can't take it anymore when there's too much, when they're, when you don't see the world, when you see the world in completely opposite ways, there's too much adapting and um, compromise where you start to, the happiness level starts to go down kind of thing. At any rate, I'm so thankful having said all of that, because it can be very hard on a marriage if one person is very strong in one particular faith and the other person isn't at all. And it's important to this person that's feeling very strong in this faith or whatever. Because if you don't have that kind of adaptability and flexibility with each other, if one person's kind of moving away from what you guys started out as, it can be, it can ruin your marriage. It can, can absolutely ruin your marriage. So anyways, no, no, I can totally see that. That's cool so personal. Though. I mean, your spirituality is so personal. So to not be able to talk to your partner in certain terms about the meaning of life and, and your walk with God, that's that's really hard. So anyways, that's kind of where I'm at now. And he listened to our episode about spirituality and parenting and how I said, like, I don't know what we're going to do. And he was like, yeah, oh. we, we probably need to sit down and start thinking through that a little bit more. And I guess where we kind of left it off the last time is we just want to expose him to lots of different ideas and let him decide for himself what it is he believes is his spiritual walk. I guess. And I was like, okay, I like that because I'm scared. I'm scared to put them in church, like Sunday school. There's very well-meaning people there. But honestly, what I'm scared of is somebody saying something dogmatic about, oh, well, you're going to go to hell for that. Or, you know, people who do this or say this or whatever, go to hell. I don't, basically, I don't want him to have your childhood (laughs) trauma that you have had. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's a good thing to base it on. No, to avoid that. No, absolutely. And I want him to feel worthless. I want him to always feel like completely loved no matter what. God loves me. I have value. And I I feel like a lot of times, even in progressive churches, sometimes there's a little bit too much of that guilt that they ladle on you. And I just, it it really gives me the ick. It gives me the ick. Yeah, Christian guilt gives me the ick because I, I have a hard enough time not feeling guilty all the time. So anyways, where are you at? um, Well, I do want to say, though, I didn't realize that you were kind of questioning. It's true, though. You haven't talked about... I know you weren't going... When I visited you in Austin, I remember that church you were really involved in, like you did the play at and stuff. I noticed, yeah, you haven't been talking about the church. Um, I am in a really good place. You know, I could say my Al-Anon program has really helped me define a higher power. 
And um, I am not a Christian, but this program has helped me realize that there has been a power greater than myself at work in my life the whole time. And to me, it's universe or source. I'll say God sometimes, but that word, I just feel uncomfortable with that word. Mm -hmm. That word brings back the judgmental Santa God that I had. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about in previous episodes, even in Al-Anon literature, a lot of times it'll say, a lot of people in, in 12 steps refer to it as HP, higher power. I like mm-hmm. that. We call it higher power a lot. Sometimes we'll say God, but when it's God, I still get that ick. Yeah. Just seeing that print, it's just, it's done a number on me. It might, you know, yeah. and that's what it is. The program has helped me realize that their higher power was always there as I knew it was. And I love working with a sponsor because like, it's such a spiritual journey that you're going through. I'm pulling back layers of stuff and it's not a religious thing at all. It's a spiritual program. That's what I love. Yeah. I have really become closer with higher power universe. I also practice the laws of attraction, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. I follow Abraham Hicks a lot. If you guys, if anyone, like I said, it's laws of attraction, Google Oprah Abraham Hicks. Oprah interviewed her on a radio show she her? used to do. And that, you'll, yeah, that's where the confusion is. Uh, it breaks oh, it down. Interesting. Not to, so Abraham, her name is Esther Hicks. Okay? okay. And, but Abraham is the collective consciousness that speaks through her. Oh. I know it sounds woo woo out there, but that's why for anyone that's curious, just Google Abraham Hicks or Esther Hicks and Oprah. Oprah does a whole show on it. It makes sense. What's interesting, my therapist, who was my favorite and helped me, was with me for like probably eight years to get through a lot of this stuff, those tough years. She was trying to tell me about Abraham Hicks back in the day. And I always like, oh, yeah, 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 that's cool, whatever. Because when the secret, basically the secret, everyone on here pretty much knows the secret. The secret is the most modern marketable form of the laws of attraction. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I really follow Abraham Hicks and it makes, it just makes sense to me. It's like, I know I'm home. And I feel very blessed because I've, and like you have, we've been on that. We've been from one side to the other. We've experienced both sides like, oh, you know, deep in the church, (laughs) Christianity to no, no Christianity to different practices. We've seen it all. But what I see is now coming together is it's all the same thing. And some things just don't matter. Some things don't matter. A church is a building. These are humans that run it. It is about your your journey with your higher power. And what the laws of attraction also teach me, it's just to, to feel good. When I feel good, which we can't feel good 24-7, but you start to learn to feel good more often. Right. When you feel good, you are in connection with source, universe, and you attract what it is that you put out there. Because around us, we all have, they call it a vortex, and we all create things that we want. Life gives us contrast. Life shows us what we don't want. And that's a good thing because then we're like, but I want more money, or I want a different career, or I want to travel, I I want children. So we put it out there. We ask. Some people could be like, that's praying. Me, I could put like, I'm manifesting it. Mm. So, and then you let it go, which has taught me. Al-Anon, laws of attraction, it's all the same thing, Christianity, because you either pray or you meditate, you ask for what you want and you let it go. And whether it's God, Jesus, source, universe, that's where the stuff starts to happen. And in laws of attraction, it's like, you're happy. And so you're attracting what, you know, it's, it's a science. So I'm in a good place with this. I do want to ask you this because maybe it's my like sort of like OCDness or like one of my little quirks. 
But I had a lot of anxiety around praying as a kid. I thought I had to say my prayers a certain way or they wouldn't count. Mm, interesting. I remember laying there in bed, not sleeping for hours sometimes because I didn't say the prayer right. Or maybe it's sort of like an OCD thing, or I have to feel a certain way when I pray. And I'm still going through that now. Like when I pray or whatever I do, it, it doesn't have to be, I feel like it had to be a certain way or it wouldn't get heard or it wouldn't be right. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it, and it, now a prayer for, perfectionism. Maybe that's what it was. But I remember sometimes laying there for hours, like, no, I have to say my prayers a certain way. And listen, this has bled into my life. Now I have a spiritual practice in the mornings when ideally it happens first thing. I do a 10, 15 minute meditation, a guided. Then I do this journaling exercise in the morning. And I read a passage from like my Alan on daily reader. Sometimes I make the mistake of opening social media or getting to work and not doing that first. And all day long, I feel like stuck. Sometimes it's one, two o'clock and it's like, no, I have to clear a 30 minutes and I have to go do this. The reality is in life, we can't always do it, but I feel like my day can't continue unless I do it. So you've almost made it a rule. And now, even though you're doing like something different, like meditating and you've grown spiritually, you are still stuck in these rules for yourself and you can't let them go Mm -hmm. and like move forward. In a way, yeah. But on this part of the rule, I see the effects. When I raise my vibration, when I do my gratitude, it's gratitude journaling I do in the mornings. When I gratitude journal and I meditate, it puts me in a better space and I feel like I'm more productive in business and in life. So it, I see the results. But in life, we're not always going to be able to do it. Sometimes I just have to be like, let it go. My day can still be good. So like in prayer, I was just told to do this, but I didn't like really feel anything. Like for instance, Catholics like take communion and Catholics believe that it's the real body and blood, like the literally the body and blood of Christ. When at communion, I was so anxious because when I was, you you take the host and then you go and kneel and you pray because you're in the presence of like, God is like in you or whatever, which God is in you anyway. But um I remember like most of the time trying to convince myself that in my mouth is like the flesh of Jesus and I should feel a certain way. And so wow. there was a lot of anxiety in my prayers looking back. It <laughs> sounds intense. That's a lot of pressure. But it was all, it wasn't like, no, my parents didn't tell me this. Like I didn't, it just, it's the type of person I am and my personality. I just took things like so literal, like my, yeah. I guess. You know, it all has served its purpose, but yeah, there was a lot of anxiety. Like I have to say it a certain way or I don't feel it. Yeah. And that's, that's some OCD stuff probably. Right. (laughs) Probably. I I mean, I don't know enough about it, obviously, but yeah, I mean that, that seems like you really hardwired those synapses in your brain and that is, has taken a long time and it's going to continue to take a long time to re- shovel those paths in your brain so you don't automatically go towards no you're doing it wrong you're doing it wrong yeah 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 you're doing it wrong and i'm the freest i've ever been with like prayer meditation things me it keeps me in in discipline because i need to get up and get my day moving and like i like to study what millionaires and people that are very successful do and all of them get up before the world and they have a morning practice. There's a book called Miracle Morning by Hall Elrod. It's, it helps you develop a morning practice. And this is what my Miracle Morning is. It's really great. And like, I don't know, I look at people that have things in a life that I want and they all do a form of this. Everybody does their own system, yep. but they all have a Miracle Morning practice. Okay. So that's like my spirituality. That's where I, that's where I am. I'm really, and I'm our friend Parodies that joined here, I'm taking her... Um, 
psychic protection class right now, actually. And she basically was told that I should take this. She was, you know, kind of like a message she's passing on because Babs has some gifts and I feel like I have some gifts too, but I do a lot of broadcasting and like this, like, well, it's just you and I like, but we can share energy, but you know, I do these like Facebook events and parties and there could be like 50 people on all over the, all over the US or world. You're coming into people's homes and you're bringing in energy. This class like helps you to protect your energy. And like I'm learning that when you're around people, let's say all of us on here, think about there's people we don't like to be around. If there's some negativity, we feel slime, it's bad vibes. I learned something yesterday and I did it. It was amazing. There's something called a spiritual bath, but I'm not a bath taker. But like, let's say that you're around bad energy or just you feel gross, you feel stuck. You take baking soda and you actually, you take a shower with baking soda and rubbing that onto your body. And I'm like, okay, I'll do this. Cause we had like an intense class last night. We did some like practices and she's like, everyone should really do this. I fell asleep. I didn't do it. Uh, but I did it this morning. I <laughs> <laughs> I did tell parodies, but um, I felt so invigorated after this shower. And at first I'm like, okay, I'm rubbing baking soda on my body. It felt kind of good and like, you know, like exfoliating. But as I was doing it, I could just feel the energy increasing. And I'm like, I'm really, people leave their, can leave their energy on you. You can take stuff with you. And it was just really cleansing. And after I mm. went for a little, that's where I went for a power walk. And I felt so free and invigorated. Mm-hmm. And I need to do it more often. It's something that's so simple, you know, believe it or not, just try it. And uh, so anyway, that's where I am. You sound I, so LA bougie, um, <laughs> but I like it. I love how, uh, I love how open you are and, and like how you're just, you're willing to try anything and just see, Hey, this might could work for me. Like you, I feel like for the past 10 years, 10 plus years since I've lived in Austin. Like when we talk on the phone, like every time I talk to you, you're speaking to me in terms of your spirituality, what you're working on now. And it's like, you're relentless. You're not going to stop figuring this out. And I don't know, like calling down this power or figuring out how this power can work with you on a practical day-to-day basis. I feel like I'm not explaining myself very well, but I just- I understand. I understand what you mean. You're purposeful. You've been very purposeful in your spiritual walk. I think that's something to be proud of. It's easy to just kind of zone out, tune out to the world, to your spirituality, and just kind of go about your day-to-day business and not really think about it or care. It it takes work to dig deep and and figure these things out and, and ponder these big questions that keep you up at night. You know, a lot of people are just like, whatever, who cares? You know? I'm going to die one day, whatever. No, no. Yeah, no. And I'm seeing, um, I have this connection with, I know like just, this is my part of my belief that we live more than once. Like we have many, many lives because this life is so short and that's becoming apparent to me in my work with parodies. And just throughout the last, probably for about a good five, six years, I've solidly like believed and seen this. And I've done some past life regression meditations and things like that. And, um, I don't know if you feel the same way. I feel like in my life where I'm at, I feel like I can really step back and observe and see where all the pieces are fitting together for a greater purpose. I can see how meeting Babs' mom and moving to LA or just like meeting you, just you look, I feel like I'm, I can be an observer and see how the pieces are fitting together and how 
you know, this is, I chose this life and I see the lessons that I chose and then I'm growing and evolving. Um, John Lennon, one of his, these quotes that John Lennon said, he's like, I don't fear death. It's like getting out of one car and into another. Um, that's nice. And that's my thing. I'm like, I don't know when this journey is going to end, but I've done some work and I don't, and I don't take it much more time, but it, and this isn't so out there. It's called your Akashic reading. Um, your Akashic. <laughs> okay. I'm listening. <laughs> Like I- anyway, I think it's yeah, your Akashic reading, and they refer to this in the Bible. They reference it in the Bible. They call it the Book of Life, and it's not like a psychic thing or anything. But it's like apparently, like our spiritual life is recorded, and you have oh. someone like read this. I have at first, I was like, okay, because I've got a good friend who like was working with this lady. She's like, for Christmas birthdays, I'm giving everyone like readings with Helen. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. Well, what happens is, and this fits into everything else I've been practicing now, I'm like, it makes sense. They say that around you, you have teachers, guides, and loved ones that are around you at all times. Your loved ones obviously have passed on, loved ones that are around us, but your teachers and guides, they could have, at one point, they could have lived in like, or you know, it could just be spiritual beings, but they're around you. So you do a reading with this person and they read they call it, they open up, open up the records and they start telling you things that your teachers, guides and loved ones are saying. And I had two sessions with this lady over the last like five, probably three or four years and they were remarkable. Mm. And a grandfather always comes through with whether it's a psychic reading with parodies, a medium reading with parodies, whether it's the Akashic. I have a grandfather that always communicates with me and different people. It's the same message. Mm. so I know that it's legit but anyway like she was telling me that like you can be trained to do this there's like a prayer that she reads and you know and she just like it's not even it's just the stuff that she was telling me was like making so much sense this lady knew nothing about me but anyway the Akashic is the first time that I started having Babs I learned about past lives that Babs and I have had together Mm. and that was very powerful and eye-opening we've been together in several lives uh, she was my mother in life, which makes total sense. She mm-hmm. said, we reincarnate. We sort of like travel in packs, the people that are in our lives. Like we mm-hmm. they said, you travel in packs. Like, obviously I love to see like our connection in past lives, but, and, but then there's people that you're really close with and you keep reincarnating. I forget what she called them, but like at one point she was my mother. At one point I abandoned her and I was told that she brought in anger into this life from that. Mm-hmm. And I was just in tears. And in this life, I have fought since she was conceived to keep her in this life. Oh. From conception to child custody on, I have fought to keep her. And she's my, it's been like flipped. It's right. like my way of like making up. Oh my God. Making amends. Yeah. So I know to some people, and listen, if someone doesn't believe this, that's awesome. Your spirituality is your, oh, it's so personal. But I really believe I'm onto something and I'm so fascinated. That's why I'm taking Parody's class. I want to see what intuitive stuff I have. I'm exploring it. The way I met Parody's, we talked about it is like amazing. There's good stuff going on. I feel now that I'm open, it's all just kind of happening. But this stuff doesn't make me money right now. And I have to keep focus on the stuff that doesn't make me money. Exactly. (laughs) It's hard. It's really hard to balance. I mean, I would love to just like go live in the forest and read some books and mm-hmm. meditate and go for nice long hikes and stuff like that. Yeah. Trust me. I don't like working. Um, 
I mean, I like working, but I like choosing to work, not having to work. Um, and unfortunately, we live in the real world and we have to work and pay the bills. But so the last question I'm going to ask you, and we'll try not to go down too much of a rabbit hole, because I kind of talked about, because um, we're looking forward and trying to figure out what our spiritual walk is going to look like in terms of how we introduce it to our kid or whatever. Did you guys ever talk about it whenever she was little? Like, what have you tried to do as a father to guide her spiritually? I had a, okay, let's say that I had for a while, a lot of guilt that would come in because in her informative years, when she was younger, I did not raise her around any religion. Cause that's when I was really like pretty much anti, no, maybe I believe in God. I, there was just kind of a period. So I did not teach her to say her prayers. I wasn't taking her to church. There were some family members, not immediate, but people that were kind of like, you know, she should be in a church and she should be baptized and, you know, blah, blah. You know, she should have some kind of, and for a little bit, I felt guilty because I'm like, I'm not giving her a spiritual like yeah. foundation, but it's how it was supposed to be. As I've evolved, I'm not going to share her practices on here. She can as she wants, because that's personal. She is a very spiritual person. And I look at her sometimes and I'm like, she is my daughter. She will annoy the hell out of me sometimes, but I'm like, she is my daughter. Yeah. And it's like, you just like, wow, I'm so proud. Like her spirituality and like, she's definitely an old soul. And, um, you know, her having her intuitiveness is really cool. So yeah, for a while though, though, the, you know, I kind of was like, did I make a bad decision? Yeah. Did I mess up? Yeah. Did I, not giving her a spiritual, but then I've realized I did give her a spiritual life. She saw me in action. She mm -hmm. saw me live my life and do my thing and have my passions and my beliefs. And I find spirituality in nature. And we did a lot of stuff in nature. So I, she did get spirituality. It wasn't in the way that you and I were taught as children that we should do it, you know? But that's where I am. And I'm just helping her like this psychic protection class. We're both on it, but like, it's recorded each week. It's an eight week thing. She hasn't jumped on it yet, but she has the recordings. And um, I learn a lot of stuff from her. And it's cool to see her in action. Like if we're in her room and sometimes the candle starts going crazy, the candle flame, and it's like, oh, who's here? And how she could just make the candle flame stop doing it sometimes. It's just like, oh, you meet. So um, she has some gifts. Aww. And um, yeah. Yeah, just hearing you talk about with little man, like, oh, how are we going to do this? What direction? I get it. But honestly, it wasn't on the top of my priority list right. at the time. There was a lot of court battles. There was a lot of, um, ain't, and I, what's the word I'm looking for? Anxiety? <sighs> there was a lot of anxiety. There was just a lot there more was... stuff on your plate and your spiritual mm -hmm. walk wasn't necessarily taking precedence. You had everyday life to deal with and things that were like right up in your face that needed to be dealt with right now. And so, I mean, Correcto. that is why, you know, spirituality oftentimes gets put on the back burner because we, we get like really bogged down in the details of life that help us just survive day to day. So, yeah, but I feel like she has a toolbox of stuff to take and, and develop it if she wants. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's really cool. I think that I'd like the idea almost of not doing anything for those first few years so that it's not so ingrained because isn't it like your first five years that the blueprint happens? That's what they say. Or something like that. So I don't know. Yeah. It's almost like just holding off and then kind of, I'm wondering if we just hold off, then expose him to a lot of different things, to a lot of different ideas not be afraid if he wants to read different stuff or I don't know. 
I don't know. We're going to have to keep thinking through it. I want to read some of Rob Bell's stuff. He's amazing. Um, And just kind of maybe start getting some ideas of ways that we can be guides without like, I just, I want him to have his own path. I don't ever want him to feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what my family is telling me to do. This is the right thing to do because fill in the blank. I want him to do what he feels led to do in terms of his spiritual walk. They don't come to you. They come through you is what Wayne Dyer says. He's not mine. I only, you know, I birthed him to the world. I was just the vessel that brought him here. He doesn't belong to me. He belongs to our higher power and he belongs to himself. And I don't want to. Absolutely. I love that. Upon him. I remember he's telling a you deep, that. Yeah, no. And you got me into, I mean, back in the day, you were talking about Wayne Dyer before I even got into him, but he's, I love him. yeah, it's an amazing stuff. But little man is like deep. I think he's like an old soul. What do you think? Aww. Yeah, there's, there's uh, something going on there. <laughs> he's quite a little observer. Um, Aww. He is. He's he's lovely. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much I believe in reincarnation. You know, it could just be his personality. I have a couple of students that like, they're like, you know, 12 going on 60. I have this one little boy that just, <laughs> he's that kind of kid that reads like thousand page long texts, like these really heady things that college students won't even read. And for some reason, <laughs> reminds me a little bit of this kid. <laughs> Oh, just in terms of the, the calmness, not necessarily the mm-hmm. just the, the calmness of spirit that this kid has, where he's just really sweet with everybody, very gentle and observer likes to read and just, I don't know, there's a whatever now I'm rambling. So we would no, love to hear is... how you guys are handling spirituality with your kids. I would love to hear that. I'd love to hear other people's stories. From all walks of life, from, you know, Buddhism to Christianity to if you're an agnostic or you're just spiritual or if you're Hindu. I know we have listeners from all over the world. I love this. I'm so grateful. I wish that we knew who you were. Feel free to come forward anytime. We do, you know, a lot of different continents. So like whatever it is you practice, please share like how you introduce spirituality to your children. How you're, you know, how are you, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. Because there's so many ways and everyone's going to tell you a way to do it. And you have to do what's good for you. My parents did what they needed to do for me. I'm doing what I need to do for Babs. You're doing what you need to do for little man. So, well, I believe that we have solved world peace. I agree. I think we have solved world peace for today. And I love you. I love you too. We'll talk soon. All right, babes. Bye. Bye.